Hello everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Fabulous. Right. Hello, everyone. Hope you're well and welcome to uh, Wind Down Friday. We are back after um, having a week off uh, because Lee had man flu um, yeah. <laughs> and was just dying of death uh, last week after Crofts. Yeah, now I know he's he's still complaining. Um, we were obviously at Crofts. We haven't we haven't actually spoke to you guys since Crofts. Um, it was Lee's first Crofts experience, and I think uh, we nearly killed him off by day four. Um, he'd had enough and managed to uh, catch the Crofts cold. So we had a bit of a, a chill last week, um, but we are back tonight. With a very exciting topic uh, for to end the week, uh, which will be about uh, the benefits of limited companies and also a couple of things uh, from the budget a couple of weeks ago, um, although there wasn't really that much to be fair, but we will give you the snippets of that anyway. Um, if you're new to the group, because we've had quite a few uh, new members join over the last couple of weeks, uh, my name is Vicky. This is Lee, my gorgeous business partner, um, and we run the Pet Accountant, which is an accountancy firm dedicated to helping pet professionals all over the UK. So if you see us in the group answering questions, uh, we do monitor them. So if you don't see us answering them, we're not ignoring you. We just monitor them. If someone else has answered, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, thank you for doing that to everyone. It's really good to see um, everyone get engaged and answering people's questions and helping them out. So fabulous. Right. We will crack on with the fun stuff of Friday night. Uh, if only I had a gin. Um, right. First thing, budget was pretty dull, let's be honest. Um, The only thing really that we took from it was about the pensions, wasn't it? It was, but realistically it's not going to help the majority of our clients. No, but we'll tell you anyway. What is the main change of the pension, Lee? (laughs) Uh, Basically they've changed the amount that you can contribute every year from from £40,000 to £60,000. Um, but that is reflected if it's a personal contribution from you. It's It can still only match your PAYE salary. So you can only put as much in as you physically get paid through PAYE. So if you don't get £60,000 a year or you didn't get £40,000 a year before, it, it's not going to make a, a, a hell of a difference to you. So and that's it's the budget this time around was, was pretty poor. And in my opinion, only help those with money rather than those that you know are hardworking, are grafting day in, day out, um, it, it will only make a difference to those that physically have spare cash sat there that they can afford to put away until they retire. So pretty crap then. Yeah, unfortunately. And I think that was it. There was nothing. I think they did mention corporation tax again. I think um, corporation tax, so they just agreed that it was that the, the plan changes weren't being stopped and we are moving from a 19% up to a 25% tax bracket with a sliding scale depending on where your profit is. Um, when it's anything from, up, is it up to 250,000, I think? And then it, it, it's, yeah. it's at 25%. Um, so again, it's, and, and that's one of the reasons for our chat tonight with regards to sole traders, the limited company, and, and where we'd recommend people be and go and what routes to take. 
Yeah, so previously, um, if you listened to us or me last year, uh, we would all be going, yes, go limited. If you earn, you know, if you had 30 grand profit, it's really good. It'll save you loads of money. There's loads of things you can do. Um, don't be a sole trader. And it was all like, go, 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 limited company. Uh, and now it's a bit of a U-turn. <laughs> um, and we're now looking at the, the figures and, and the changes that the government have made it's probably best maybe to reconsider that option. Now, we're not saying don't do it. it. You know, it's all personal preference. We're just here to sort of give you the pros and cons. It still has its pros, but if tax saving is what you're looking for, then it's not limited to go down. It's certainly if you're just a sole practitioner, which would be a sole director, the limited company just doesn't make financial sense for tax purposes anymore. So, you know, you may well go limited because you want the protection of a limited company. You may do something really serious, like if you were a vet, for you know, a vet, for example, then you might go down that route. So there's still, like Lee said, there are still perks. But if you do it purely to save money on tax, then uh, we're going to go through why we don't think that may be a good idea if you're the only director of that company. Um, so I will pass over to Lee with his pearls of wisdom <laughs> he's raring to go look at him like a coiled spring <laughs> not, today. Uh, not today he's like i'm so ill from cuffs um just before we go into it if you have got any questions uh, even if it's not about limited companies um then please pop them in the comments uh we will answer them so whilst you've got us here if you did have any burning questions about expenses or anything like that um, then just pop them in the comments and we'll go through them uh, as we go along. But I'll hand over to Lee. Why, if I'm coming to you then, Lee, as a, as a sole trader, uh, and I'm like, right, and, and I've had a few of these messages recently, yeah. I'm thinking of going limited to save myself some money. What would you be saying to someone like me? The, the first thing I would be asking is what's your driving force behind it? Because we really now need to understand why it is that you want to go limited. If you come to me and said, I want it because of the personal protections that it can provide me and my assets, then I would say, yes, limited is the way to go. Um, and there's no two ways about that. Because whilst you're a sole trader and you can buy insurance, um, they, you remember insurance companies will try everything that they can to get out of doing a payout. So if you haven't followed the terms and conditions and you didn't keep up with something and, you know, and, and, and they have a way of turning down your claim if something was to happen, your belongings, your house, your car, all your assets as a, as a sole trader or a partnership is at risk. So if you come to me and said that you want it for the personal protections, then a limited company, as it's separate from yourself and the, the company is run in a way that it takes on the liabilities, it takes all the profits, the money belongs to the limited company, and you're there as its as its captain, if you like, you're there to steer the ship and, and push it in the right direction. But that money can only become yours in one of two ways, and that is via payroll or via dividends. So if you're a sole person and you want it for taxation benefits, we would really have to look at your profit levels, what you're currently spending that money on. Um, if you have excess money at the end of every month that you could siphon off into a pension. Um, if there's another person that would be part of your business, maybe a, a husband or a boyfriend or a, 
a girlfriend, a wife, a family member that that can help with the dividends. Um, we get a lot of questions because of people say, well, I don't know what a dividend is. Um, so what when we say a, you can take a dividend, a dividend is a distribution of the company's profits after it's paid its tax on the money. Now, if the company's doing very well, uh, then and we can see that come the end of the year that you will have made a profit and you have the funds within the, the company, we can do what's called an interim dividend, which means that it's a dividend before the end of the year. Um, and we can take multiples of those. It doesn't have to be in one go. It can be in little sum, lumps. But the important bit is the company must be making a profit and it must have distributable funds that its shareholders can take. So that's what a dividend is. Now, leading up to the budget, um, every tax year, we get a little bit of an announcement of what's happening to the personal tax codes, uh, what's happening with uh, taxation on different incomes. And it just so happens that this year, we receive news regarding <clears throat> dividend, personal allowance on dividends. And we also received a um, notice with regards to capital gains. And what the government has decided is that up until this tax year, so from before April the 6th, we were allowed 2,000 dividends every year tax-free, That in addition to our, our personal allowance. From April, we're only allowed £1,000. From next April, we're only allowed £500 each. Boom. Yeah, so, <laughs> that used to be that used to be ten grand, didn't it? Like back yeah, oh in the day. god, yeah, it used to be a lot. Then it dropped to five, yeah. then two, then one, and then five hundred in in two years' time. And then it'll just be zero, probably. I'd imagine. Yeah, and you know, and then we've got capital gains as well. So when you have capital gains, you you, you pay tax on assets that you sell. Um, some assets aren't subject to capital gains, like your cars, your your primary house, your your main household. And again, that's really important in, in when we talk about limiteds because a lot of our groomers, walkers, they all work from home. And we, in a sole trade or the partnership side, we put a lot of the costs of the house uh, through the accounts to say that their house is used for their business purposes. Now, when we do that for a limited company, it becomes really difficult because as a director or shareholder of the company, you're now an employee. And you get a set amount of money from the government, usually six pounds a week. So it's about three hundred and eighteen pounds a year, I think, yeah. off the top of my head, that we can put through as a use of home. Well, that is tiny in comparison to some of the running costs, um, especially as a groomer. You know, yeah, when you're using all that electricity and, and water absolutely. and stuff like that, or a dog border, you can be using a hell of a lot more a than three twenty quid a month. Yeah. Now, what you could say is, okay, well, I've dedicated one room of my house for my business and I'm going to rent that to my limited company. Now, there's a couple of tax issues here. First of all, the rent that you charge your limited company has to be based on commercial, you know, uh, going market rates for the rent. So if we said, for argument's sake, it was £1,000 a month, then that's just a figure if it's different where we are from down the country. Um, that £1,000 a month would have to go on your personal tax return. So you're now getting charged based on £12,000 of rent from your limited company. So you have to pay tax on that. Your company will receive tax relief 
on the 12,000 because it's, a, it's an allowable expense. Um, however, because you've used that room for business purposes for 100% of the time, now remember, if it's limited, there's no sharing of the space. It either is working in the space or it's, it's not. Um, and, and if it's not 100%, you can't charge it rent. If you charge it rent and then say that you use some of that space, there's a benefit in kind because you're now using rental space of the limited company for your own personal benefit. You just, you're just blowing everyone's mind now then. I'm just trying to show how complex it becomes when yeah. you charge something rent. So assuming that it's been used for 100% of business use because you've, you've charged your company rent, when you come to sell your house... <laughs> you no longer receive relief on the primary residence. So your main home is usually exempt from capital gains, but because it's now being used for 100% of business, the government will want a part of that, that home taxed under capital gains because you've gained as, the, as the, the house has risen in value as a result of it having a business there. Now, the reason I bring this up is because up until April, we each had an allowance every year. Now, off the top of my head, it was about £12,300 that you could offset against capital gains. So the house would have to rise quite substantially in order for that to happen. And again, if you owned the house with you and a partner, you had two lots of that because it would be split 50-50. From next year, it goes to 6000 So from April, in, in a couple of days' time, that allowance is cut to 6000 from next year, it's uh, from the year after, sorry, it's cut to 3,000. So you can imagine a house price could rise quite quickly. Which they have done in the last... Which they have done, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like ridiculous amounts. That's it. So you might find yourself, if you've got a limited company being run from home, you may then have to pay tax when you come to sell your house. And that tax is in addition to any stamp duty or any costs that that are related to the sale of the house. So this is an additional taxation. So it's really important that when you come to us now and you ask us about limited companies, we have to fully understand your driving force, mm. what you use your main house for. Do you have a high street shop? Do you rent premises? Um, do you have free cash that you can contribute to a pension? Remember, if you're a director of a limited company, you can pay into a personal pension and that's an allowable business expense that the company will receive tax relief on. As a sole trader, unfortunately, paying into a pension is not a taxable relief and expense. You, it, you don't get any relief on it as, as, a, as a business expense. What it does do is if you are a higher rate taxpayer, i.e. you're in the 40% tax band, the money that you pay into the pension extends your 20% tax ban by that amount. So you receive a little bit of, of extra relief. So you, you basically receive 20% relief on, on the money that you've that you've put into a pension, but it, it, it doesn't reduce your taxable profits. Um, and that's quite key in the difference there between a limited and the sole trader. Um, so quite complex and yeah not really tax efficient anymore slightly different if there's more than one of you if 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 for argument's sake i would always recommend a sole trader in a partnership 
absolutely because they're very tax efficient but if there's three or four of you or you know or you're a couple of family members and you want to start a limited company you know each of you has your personal allowances you all have a little bit of dividends that you can split but you've got to remember that when you form that type of partnership with with directors and shareholders how you set that company up i.e if you all had 25% each and you know you made a profit that profit has to be distributed in the same way that your shares have been set up so you you couldn't take 50% if there was four of you you would all have to take an equal 25% of that profit and that might not work out if you've got your two young daughters on the company and then you've got you know your you know your brother in there and 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 your wife you've really got to think about how you set that up and and you remember that these guys might have an equal say in the business so the more people that that are controlling parties you might find that making decisions and driving the business forward becomes a little bit difficult because you've all got to agree and it was quite funny because when me and Vicky joined the solicitor turned around to us and said what are you going to do if you if you disagree because there's just two of you and we were like well I said I'm just bullying <laughs> until he agreed but apparently that's not legal <laughs> I was like, I'll just tell him he's wrong and that he has to listen to me. But um, no, he came up with the most, I thought was like, is he taking the piss? Yeah. Um, But basically in our legal document, if me and Lee have a disagreement, which touch wood, you know, we haven't as yet, um, we have to flip a coin. Yeah. Um, And then whoever wins, wins, and the other one can't argue, which sounds bizarre, but because there's only two of us, if we disagree on something, then how does it get resolved? Because there wasn't a third party. And he was trying to get us to get a third person in the business, and we were like, no. Um, so, yeah, we've got to flip a coin. Um, I'm waiting so we have a disagreement just so we can flip a coin and see who wins. Yeah. I might just disagree <laughs> with him on something. <laughs> yeah, I might just disagree with you on something just really randomly to see if we can flip a coin. But... <laughs> Um, you know, and, and we say this all the time. We get so many people come up to us saying, oh, I know I'm going to be a limited company, or they've set up a limited company without really thinking about it. And this is why we harp on so much like it's not just filling a form in, you know. And um, I did ban someone from the group this week, I'll be completely honest, for telling me that all I do is fill a form in, and I got really uh annoyed and offended so the person got banned from the group and you know it it, might think that's a bit extreme but at the end of the day it's our group and we give our time for free to help everyone and then when someone says you know you only do is fill a form in it's a bit uh yeah so it you know we're here to help you sometimes we'll say no to things sometimes we'll say well you know we're not going to do the bookkeeping if you've had if you've had registered or not do the back return if you're doing your own bookkeeping. And that's not us just being stingy because we want more money. We want things to be done right. And HMRC are cracking down more than ever on things. Um, they're looking into things in a lot more detail. You know, we say and do the things that we do to protect you because if HMRC come knocking, it's a very uncomfortable experience. Even if you know, like our client a few weeks ago, we'd done everything right and we could answer all the questions. It's still very much a squeaky bum time, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're like, oh my God. It's like when you're driving in a car and a police car comes up behind you and you automatically feel guilty even though you've done nothing wrong. You know, it's not, it's not a nice experience. 
Um, so, you know, we do say these things and same as filling in a self-assessment. It's not a case of just filling in a bloody form, because if you just fill in that form wrong and HMRC come knocking, then you're the one that's going to be liable for everything that you've done. It's, it's important to point out there when you complete that form, you're making a declaration and HMRC aren't checking the form to make sure you've done it right. HMRC are looking for things that you've done wrong. Mm. And what they're trying to establish is whether or not that error was deliberate or accidental, because that error will dictate their next action, which is either a fine or a criminal investigation. So worst case scenario, you've got a fine for doing something by accident. And (laughs) on, on the flip side of that, if you've done something deliberate and malicious and then you've hidden it, then it's a potential criminal investigation with up to 20 years that they then go back looking for other things that you may have done in previous yeah. years. And it could be something simple that you just hear Jimmy down the pub saying, oh, my friends do this, or they got a bigger CIS rebate because they're contractors and, you know, so they put these figures down. Um, or we claim for food when we were out and we do that every day because I drive past McDonald's and it's just easier to go mm-hmm. there than bring my lunch in. You know, it's 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 about knowing what you can and can't put in that form and whether or not you've put that information in correctly as well. So it, And they don't I, take... I really wish it was just filling a form in. But I know. It, it well, is. so do I. <laughs> uh, it really, honestly, really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. I was very angry after that. So I thought, right, Ben... Um, he was laughing when I told him, I thought, no, you know, we give our advice away for free. Screw it, I'm going to bloody banner. Um, you know, and, and you can't say to HMRC, oh, I just didn't know, so I put all that in. They they wouldn't, they won't accept that either because they'll say you can research it. You know, yeah. you should know what you're putting in the form. And, and there's loads of things you can do with the tax return, yeah. especially if you've got other income, you've got properties, you've got PAYE jobs, you've made a loss, can you carry it forward? Have you got any capital assets, annual investment allowance? You know, and if you put one thing in the wrong box, you're screwed. And, you know, HMRC will come looking and and have an awkward conversation with you. So all we're trying to say is just do your research. If you want to become a limited company and you just want to double check, like I say, there's loads of people in the group that are probably limited that can offer their sort of advice on their side. You know, give us a ring. We're more than happy to talk to you about it. But just be careful and, and look into the reason why you're wanting to be a limited company. We have so many people that come to us and spend fortunes on limited company accounts, which are very, very pricey, because it's really important that you get those right. Were you going to say something, Lee? Yeah, I was just going to say that it's it, it's really surprising to me that like we get people that come to us that were, were a sole trader and then have gone limited. And there's things going through the accounts that – they can't claim for as a limited company, certainly not in the aspect that they've been used to as a sole trade. And one of the hardest things that that we find that clients are, are, are difficult to, to, to grip, grip with it is the fact that it's not their money that they're spending now. It's, it's the limited companies. And as the director or shareholder, if you're, for another word of it, pissing the, pissing the funds up the wall, your your potentially Lee, did you just swear? <laughs> what but, the hell has happened to him? Yeah. He's been to Crofts, he's had a cold, and now he's potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. But what you're ultimately doing is misappropriation of company funds. Mm. 
i.e. you could be driving that company into the ground, it could become insolvent, and you then could become personally liable. So you can't just shut a limited company down like you can with a sole trade site. If if that company owes debts, and, and I spoke to somebody recently that says, no, no, I've got no credit, I pay everything up front, there's no, I oh, oh no, I don't owe HMRC, so I can close my company down. And then they, and just as you go through that process, they come forward and went, with my bounce back loan, do I, am I just okay to pay that from my my limited company, my, my personal company side? And the bounce back loan is a liability on behalf of that limited company. So whilst they may pay all the suppliers up front, they've actually got a loan in the company's name. So until that loan is cleared in full, so there's nothing left to pay, that company has debts. And the only way to close that company down is by instructing an insolvency practitioner and prices start from five grand. So it's it really is scary. And you could think, well, I'm paying all this extra tax because it's now no longer tax efficient. I'm on my own and I can't close this company because it's got outstanding debts. Whereas if you're a sole trader, there's things that we can do. And, you know, and there's, there's, there's a lot more tax efficiencies now mm-hmm. for sole traders and partnerships that we can make you more tax efficient than if you were a sole director in a limited company. So it's really important that when you do start the limited company or if you have a limited company, the expenses that you put through that company must be legitimate business expenses. And if you're using that business card for your own personal purchases, we will flag it up, even if we're just doing your account or even if we're doing your bookkeeping. It all goes to a separate account. And if that account is overdrawn at the end, yeah, go on. (laughs) An example of a a disallowable expense, pawn. You can't put pawn through a limited company, which we have had. No, and that was swiftly, no. no, we cannot put porn through as a company expense. No. no. <laughs> it was rather funny, though. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we've had yeah. summers, we've had quite a few bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah, no. just, yeah, remember what yeah. you're purchasing and, and which card you do it on. Yeah, but it's it's really important. All, all of those transactions that the business can't legitimately claim and remember, when the limited company, we want all of the receipts. So unlike your sole trade side where we can miss a few receipts, we've got your bank statement, a limited company, we want to see all of the receipts for all of the transactions because we have to ensure when we're checking those accounts and we're signing those off that we are happy with the work and the the information contained within those accounts so that when we sign them off and we submit them to Companies House and they're open to the public register and HMRC as well, that everything that's gone in there is 100% allowable. Because again, it reflects on us if we if we put things through that aren't allowed. And because we have to work to stricter and much more, I would say, under, under more scrutiny, if you like, when it comes mm-hmm. to limited company accounts, um, we will be more stricter with those type of receipts as well. So if it's not allowable, it goes to what's called your director's loan account. And if your director's loan account isn't repaid by the time that we have to file your accounts, which is generally nine months after your year end date, you'll have to pay 33.5%, I think it is, or 33 
0.75% tax on that balance of your loan. And you can only get that money back once you've cleared that loan. So any money you take that's not allowable is classed as a loan until it's repaid, and then you can get that tax back. Now, that could take over two years. So really, really important. If you are running a limited company, you you only take a wage and dividends and you start spending through your own personal accounts. Don't use your business account as, as your own day-to-day expenditure. It, it just is so costly. Fabulous. Right. Those lights on a second, two seconds. No, it's going into darkness. Yeah. We've been uh, we've been very serious for yeah. for tonight for Friday. I know, I know. But it's do you know what? Sometimes we have to be, and, and we need to give you all the information so that you guys can make informed decisions. Yeah. Um, I really hope that's helped. Uh, to, we could go into depth into so many different aspects of limited companies and sole traders, but we'd probably bore you to death for one, and it would just be very complicated. If after listening to this, you're a bit unsure and you want to chat, then go and speak to someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be us. Um, but just be very careful, um, you know, decide which entity that's going to be more appropriate for you and, and the reason behind choosing it. Um, don't just copy someone, make an informed decision. So to lighten the mood, I'm just going to go through some of the questions we've had today. <laughs> Um, this one's from Nick on the group, which has got a lot of traction, funnily enough. Uh, as I'm on my feet all day, my business depends on my legs. Can I claim my hot tub as a necessary business expense? <laughs> I obviously put yes. <laughs> I obviously put yes because, you know, you need to keep warm and it's good therapy. And I'm right? flipping that coin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, no, I said no, but it. Uh, everyone said it was a fabulous idea. Um, if only uh, we would definitely have a hot tub. Um, Although I did recently on the last bout of self-assessments that we had, I had one client that tried to put through a rowing machine. Uh, <laughs> when I questioned it, uh, he, he I won't say, when I questioned it, his reply was, I'm a fashion designer and I needed to look good for my clients. It's not allowable, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, yeah, unfortunately, that, that was a no and so was the sunbeds. Fabulous. Um, another one, can I put the cost of my dog neutering through the business? Uh, again, that was a no. Um, I think it, the general consensus was because they are a dog border and obviously they wanted to get their dog neutered so that it didn't impregnate or get no. pregnant. I, I, You'd be proud. I said no. <laughs> I said no for once. Um, that was pretty much the consensus um bill did put is a is it a guard dog for your business now i know this be very careful yeah please be very very careful with this one not not you vic but to the people <laughs> that are listening oh, yes. <laughs> i didn't say anything <laughs> selling me off already i didn't say anything to it because no. there, there are certain dogs that you can put through his business but they're very specific mm. um and yeah my answer to that would be no Funnily enough. The thing with the guard dog, and we have this all the time, and it's because people turn around and say, but it's guarding my property. Hmm. HMRC will take the stance that, and, and there's case law on this as well, so it's, it's not just yeah. a case of hearsay with this one. It's 
the first thing HMRC will ask is where does that dog sleep at night? And is, is your property away from your house? And, and then why did you buy the dog? It, it is because people buy pets that then try to claim it's a guard dog to guard a house. HMRC won't take that at all and they will disallow it. If you've got a guard dog that is a very specific breed that guards a property away from home and it sleeps at the property away from home and that's where it lives and it's not a pet, it is a fully working dog, then that becomes allowable. But the moment that that dog comes home and, and, and sleeps in your house and, and lives with your children and, you know, you take it for walks and then do all the rest of it, it is a pet. And a pet's vet costs, it's food, um, it's toys, it's agility equipment. It is disallowed because there's the personal element there with it. It's nothing to do with the business. And it doesn't matter how you try to dress that up. So please, please be very careful saying, it's a guard dog or I use the guard or the dog for work because of X, Y, and Z. It's, it, you really need to follow very specific guidelines and, and, and rules in order to be able to claim that as, a, as, a, as, a, as an asset of the business. In which case, if it is an asset of the business, it's vet costs, it's food, it's everything that it needs can be a business expense. Fabulous. I don't think I've ever come across anyone with like an actual guard dog um yet maybe we could get one he's frank he'd lick you to death uh this is a a vehicle related question which are very popular uh from chloe i bought uh, a van in april for three and a half grand and then sold in august for three thousand pounds this sounds like an exam question it does yeah All, yeah <laughs> All I have is bank transactions, no receipts, no invoices, no contracts. How do I put this through the books? So she bought it in April, three and a half, but sold it in August for three. What does she that do? It's really difficult to answer because we don't have enough information. Mm. And the reason I ask that is the first question I would ask is what accounting um, basis are they using? Are they using accruals or are they using yeah. the cash basis? that would dictate whether or not we've claimed annual investment allowance or whether it was just claimed as cash in, in the books. Don't so, confuse everyone, ladies. Stop there. Chloe, yeah. give us a call. No, not enough information. <laughs> that yeah. give, give us a call, Chloe, on that one. Um, but I don't want to uh, confuse everyone. Um, yeah, this form that we fill in is quite simple. So It is very simple. I mean, just, oh, Chloe, do it yourself. Just fill it in. Put, put a figure in the box. Who cares? Just whack in three grand. <laughs> Put it in any box. <laughs> Just pick one. <laughs> We're not bitter at all. Uh, but it's like someone going to a dog groomer. All you do is all you do is cut a dog. Yeah, all you do is put a kipper on All you do is give it a haircut. How hard could it be? Um, right. Uh, on my trip down to Crufts, I kept the fuel receipts. As the whole amount of the fuel was a business expense, can I put the fuel receipt through as an expense rather than work out the amount as pence per mile? And that was from Amy. Um, Amy, it depends on whether or not you're already claiming 45 pence a mile. If you're already using that basis for the vehicle, you can't change that basis for just because it was a trip to crafts. So you, if, if, if you're using 45 pence a mile, you must measure the miles and you must continue to use that basis until you change the vehicle, in which case you can then opt to pick a new method. But again, if you put the new van through the business, 
then you have to claim exact expenses. So unfortunately, if, it, if you are doing 45 pence, you must stay on 45 pence. There we go. And again, just put the 45p in any box. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> um, oh, this is this is one that's come out. I'm not going to read the whole thing, so it's quite long. But um, it was a group member um, asked about their renting a table and the person they were renting the table off wanted to pay them £12.50 an hour. Uh, yeah, and di- I'm assuming dictate what they do. You've got to be very careful if you're renting a table, you're renting the space, and if you're the person you're renting the space off is telling you what hours to do and are paying you by the hour, telling you, giving you the dogs, using their diary, then you're not self-employed. You're you should be employed, but they just don't want to do it, and so they're saying you're self-employed. So if you're renting a table, please, be, please be very careful um, about that because some people just don't want to put you on payroll. So we'll pretend that you're self-employed, but actually dictate everything to you that pretty much means you're employed. So just be very careful for that. There is one that I said yes to, but I'm scared of telling you in case you say no. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Here we go. Let's just for because it's Fridays for giggles. Lee's panicking now. He's like, "Oh my god, what has she done?" What would Vicky have said? Yeah, what has she done? Is it close? It's not close related, but I well, well, let's just see. I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. Okay. This is from Jack's Gone Walkies Dog Walker. I'm wanting to buy a GoPro for filming my dog walks. Can this go through as an expense? Yes. 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 <laughs> Say but, you panicked. Oh no. Oh no. It could only be used to film yeah. the bits and pieces. Yeah, that's what I said. Using it for the personal side. And again, this is where the limited and the sole trader side is very, very different. So if if you're using it on the sole trader side and you're using it 50-50, you could only claim 50% of the value in the business for the business use of the asset. If you are a limited company and you've bought it, and then you want to use it personally, you will have to pay a, depending on your tax rate, so if you're a 20% taxpayer or 40% taxpayer, you will have to pay a benefiting kind based on the value of the item based on the tax rate that you're in. So potentially the, the value, so if, if that GoPro was £100 and you were a 20% taxpayer, you would have to pay additional taxation of 20% of that £100. So, so 20 quid would have to go to the to HMRC as, as tax for using that benefit. The limited company would then have to pay national insurance contributions on the value of that item. So they would pay an additional 1505 pounds for 15 pounds and five pence because you've had personal use of that item so it can be very costly and it really depends back to sole trader and limited company it was a simple yes or no answer (laughs) it's just filling in boxes 20 minutes later lee finishes and everyone goes what (laughs) what but it goes to show 
the differences, the subtle differences between <laughs> sole trader and limited company. Limited companies are much more complex and can be much more taxing. Well, Dan, that's another one. We'll be here another 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say this one because you actually said yes, which was quite funny. Okay. Uh, it was someone asking about, I've just lost it, um, if they had a cleaner for their yeah. home boarding business and you said, oh, I might surprise you that I'm going to say yeah. yes to this. Yeah. So um, do you want to just explain that one very quickly before we sort of tie this up? Yeah, okay. So there was a question in the group this week because somebody asked if they can pay for a cleaner to clean part of their home where they, they board dogs. Um, they didn't believe it would be an allowable expense. Uh, me personally... I would actually allow that because... I wouldn't. Would you not? No, I'm just lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would. I personally would allow that because it, it's a business space used within your house. But again, it's important about apportioning. So those that space won't be used 100% of the time for business use. And believe me, it really shouldn't because you wouldn't the capital gains aspect, even as a sole trader. So it, you know, even if it was 90% of the time that room gets used, if you get a cleaner in to clean that room, you can claim 90% of that cleaning cost on that room. It's still a business expense. Um, I might do that. If you then got that cleaner to clean the rest of the house, you would need a cost off them of what it would be to clean just the rooms for business use and apportion that cost down. But Absolutely, it would be an allowable cost. Uh, I don't think we'd have any quibbles from HMRC side. I think we should do like a list of things Lee allows and things Lee doesn't. <laughs> Just be like two things. <laughs> massive tax. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I think most of those are done now. Obviously, um, it is the 24th of March. Uh, and we're coming up to the end of the 22-23 tax year. So start thinking about getting the information ready for your self-assessment. Um, if you registered between April last year and April this year, you will have to do a tax return. Um, so start getting that ready now. Don't leave it until January. Uh, don't be one of those that leaves it and then wonders how they're going to pay their tax bill because they've submitted it in January. Get it done quickly and out the way, um, and then you can see what you need to save until January to pay it. So start getting those in. Um, what else was I going to say? Got on now. Can't remember. Um, we will be having a live in the next couple of weeks. I just need to um, get a date with um, a pet insurance company that are going to come on and talk about uh, the importance of getting insurance. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that just use one specific insurer and, again, don't really read the T's and C's as to what it's included. So they're going to come on. They're not coming on to sell you insurance. They're coming on to give you guidance of what you need to check within your insurance, which would be really helpful. I think that's um, a really important one in all honesty because – I guarantee even I don't read terms and conditions when it comes to insurance. Well, we didn't. I mean, no one reads T's and C's for anything. We didn't when we did our shareholder agreement when we merged. (laughs) Half the stuff we haven't even read, you know, and it was done last year. And even when you get T's and C's for anything, 
you don't read them. And this is where it falls apart. And I will mention this company again. We've had two more emails from home borders saying that a company called Zeal has contacted them, telling them that they're going to give them thousands of pounds um, and they just have to fill in a form. (laughs) Please, please, please don't sign it. We had a client that signed it and may or may not have read the terms and conditions um, told them then to go and poke it after she spoke to us, and then they slapped her with a two and a half grand bill. And it, I read the T's and C's, and unfortunately, it was in the T's and C's. So please, please, please be careful. Please tell them to sod off. You don't want to speak to them. It's a load of old balls. You're not going to get free money for nothing. There's always, always a catch. So please, 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 all your home borders out there, and I think they're specifically targeting you guys because they're basically saying you're a, um, a commercial kennels, um, which obviously you're not if it's done at home. So just please, please be careful and read the T's and C's. So we will have that insurance coming. I'm not going to say the name yet. Um, once we've got a date, um, I think Tuft want to come back on because they've got some great improvements to their um, diary system that they want to come and chat about. Um, so that'll be good. Tufts we'll get that really in. I was quite impressed when we had a chat with them and they were showing us what's in the pipeline. Yeah, they, they, they've done really well. It's a great system. We've got loads of clients on it um, who've given us really positive feedback. We wouldn't normally, you know, we don't not, we don't just let anyone on here willy-nilly on the group. You'll see that not many people get to advertise on it, and there's a reason for that. A, we don't want the group full of junk, um, but we want people that we give you to be legit um, and actually help. You know, that's why Laura's in the group. Um, she's a financial advisor. So, again, if you've got any questions about pensions or anything like that, then Laura is floating around in the group um, so you can speak to her. So a few things coming up, um, and this will obviously be put on the podcast as normal. And I think we will leave it there for Friday. Um, thank you all for listening. I hope you found it entertaining as usual. Um, sometimes it's quite hard to lighten up a really dull subject. <laughs> um, if we've confused you, we're really sorry. Um, that's Lee's fault. Yeah. And you can you can ring us if uh, you want us to clarify anything. But again, use the group, use the free resources. Um, for all of you new pet businesses out there, regardless of whether you're a groomer, a boarder, a walker, a vet, whatever, um, and you haven't even registered with HMRC. Oh, Fertility Clinic, yeah. Um, if you haven't registered with HMRC and you're literally at the start, we have something coming out, hopefully in April, uh, which will help you out. Uh, I'm not going to give it away as yet because uh, I wanted to be surprised. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled on the group because we're going to have some very good giveaways Um and it'll be very cheap for the first few people that want to take us up on the offer. So, and for those of you who watched a couple of weeks ago, just very quickly, I'm still thinking about the Spanish retreat. Um, it's still going on in the background. It will happen. I was speaking to people at Crufts who were really um, honestly, it came it came up on Crufts quite a few times. Um, so it is gonna happen in the background, um, probably not this year, potentially next year. Um, but it is there. Yes, Lee's taking flying lessons, even though he's he gets sick. But well, that's another story. So Lee can fly us to Spain um, to do this retreat. Um, but yes, keep your ears. 
eyes peeled, ears peeled um, on the group for that. Uh, it will happen, I'm telling you, it will happen. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, get all your stuff ready for your tax return. Just fill in the boxes. It's really easy. Um, you don't need us. Just put any figure in any box. You'll be fine. <laughs> Please re-listen to this if you're just coming at this point, uh, and that will make sense. But enjoy. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Um, use the group and give us a shout if you need anything. And we will see you next week for another exciting installment of Wind Down Wednesday. Cool. All right, guys. We will see you soon. Take care. And thank you for listening and watching. And we'll see you next have week. Have a good weekend. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.